Well, hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Nefesh podcast. This is episode 49, and I am so glad that you are with us. We have so many great uh, episodes that are coming up. We've, we've had such great episodes already and so much more to come. And I'm excited, including a uh, testimony from somebody who's just had an amazing, transforming experience, physical healing in his life, and uh, uh, hopefully some mental health practitioners who will be able to speak into our spiritual formation, our spiritual growth. You know, the, the title, the Nefesh podcast, it really comes from uh, the Hebrew. Hebrew is, uh, Nefesh is Hebrew for soul. And in trying to define something that would be all-encompassing in our spiritual growth and our spiritual formation, I, I came to this word soul. And it's something that people have been writing about for so long, and especially in spiritual formation. David Benner has written on uh, the care of souls, Ray Anderson on self-care and the care of our souls. And so this word soul is very important in order to understand spiritual formation and spiritual growth. And, And I've talked about the fact before that Dallas Willard refers to the soul and in many of his writings, and I I can't even begin to do it justice, but uh, because it's so, so deep and in depth, but in his understanding of really the six dimensions of the self, the soul is, is almost the thing that encompasses all of them, our body, our mind, our spirit, our soul is integrated in every, every part of our being. And it's, it's the place that really, or the, the identity, the DNA that defines us. But again, it, it's so, it so encompasses every part of us. It, if I could name it or summarize it briefly, I would say that it's, it's kind of the, the, the who we are, but without realizing that that is who we are. And it, again, it's just, it's a word that is used in so many different societies and ancient societies and biblical uh, contexts. And yet it's something that we don't really fully understand because it's invisible. It's something we can't see except that we can see the actions of it. So my soul is reflected right now in my speaking and in my being and my gestures. And if you could see a video of me right now, you would see me using a lot of my hands. I, I uh, am not Italian as far as I know, but I like to use my hands when I'm speaking. And so my soul is really embodied in my physical gestures, my hands and my face and my words, as I am attempting to connect with you, who you are in your own soul and the depth of who you are. And our souls need a lot of care. In fact, in discussing spiritual formation and spiritual growth, you could probably say that caring for our souls is actually what we are trying to do in our growth, in our walk with Christ. Our souls are what we believe are the things that live beyond us and after us. It is, again, the, the integration of all the six dimensions or however many dimensions of me there are into this invisible energy, this invisible force that animates me and that says that I am alive, that I am a human made in God's image and for whom 
Christ died. And therefore, my soul has so much value and so much worth. That it is the thing that, again, that gives me life. And yet, it's so hard to know fully. The only ways that we know it are through how it is lived out. It's kind of like our character. Our character is not something that can be seen except by our actions and by our words. So we know who we are and people know who we are by what we do. And especially as, as it has been famous, famously said for, for a long time, character is who you are when nobody is looking. Character is who you are when you're all by yourself and you're not putting on, we are not putting on a show. Our character is seen by the things that we do, by the things that we say. And in a similar way, our soul is something that we cannot see, but is what comes or is reflected in who we are, in our thoughts, in our actions, in our, um, our emotions. And to care for our soul involves every part then. If all of our being is is integrated into the soul and our soul is integrated into every part of our being, then the care of our souls involves every part of our being. I've shared that recently I've, I, I bought a, just a small house and, and um, it's got some, some land that I'm trying to cultivate. And by land, I mean, it's got like, you know, three small sections of yard, a front yard, a side yard, a backyard. Uh, but I'm grateful for it. In fact, when I saw the house, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily looking for this type of house, but when I drove up to it and I saw the white picket fence and I saw the, the yard out front and then side in the back, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I love it. I'm a, I'm a nature person who I, I love, whether it's the beach or mountains. I'm not a huge desert person because it's just too hot. And I, I don't like the heat. I, I tend to melt under it and get really, really irritable. And, and I just, I'm not a heat person, but I love nature. And so one of the things that I have enjoyed kind of, uh, it's also been a challenge is trying to take care of this yard and take caring, taking care of this yard in Northern California um, if you're not from this area, Northern California tends to have more rain than Southern California does, but that's not a whole lot depending upon where you are. And I'm in the middle part of the state, um, in the more Northern part, just about 30 miles east of Sacramento, but I'm in an area which is not, it's, it's a little bit more like mountain, like desert mountainy. And the land is really hard to cultivate. I mean, there are rocks and spiders, but but especially rocks. Um, and and the land is just, it's just a little bit challenging. And so we've had a ton of rain here in California um, over the winter and then early spring. I mean, everything was flooding in Tahoe, which is up in California. Uh, closer to Nevada and the mountains of California, the, what's called Lake Tahoe, northern and southern Tahoe. They got a ton of snow and the snowpack, you know, kept, uh, uh, unfortunately, it crowded, pe or, uh, uh, it, 
it trapped people, unfortunately. And there may, I think there were a few people who died, which is very sad. The rains were just huge, flooded our areas, flooded a lot of this area. Uh, we don't normally get a lot of rain, but as a result of that, that rain, my grass was probably hip high. Now I'm short, but still to say I'm five, two, but still to say that it's hip high, that's still like two and a half feet high. I mean, it was, it was literally that big, my grass and especially in the backyard. And I, it took me, I had this little weed whacker and then I have this little lawnmower, but this weed whacker, this poor weed whacker was on a, uh, um, just has a battery pack. There's no, no, it's not electrical. It's just battery, uh, runs by battery. And so it took me three tries to get through the backyard only because that's how high and how dense the grass was. I had to go in and until that battery died, then I had to go charge it. I had to wait almost to the next day. Uh, in fact, I did have to wait to the next day, take that battery out, plug it in or, uh, uh, put the battery in, go out there and, and take care of that grass again. And I had to wait. I, I took me, literally did take me three tries. It's like I carved a path on the outside and then slowly worked my way in. I got such a workout from that. Then I, I had to do it a little bit on the front yard. Um, not as bad, not nearly as bad, but I had to do it on the front yard. And I had to do that even before I could run a lawnmower over it because it was so high. And it was not like, uh, especially because it was raining so often, it wasn't like I could get in there to take care of it. Um, and especially at that time, I was working Monday through Friday. And then by the time I got home, it'd be in the evening. And especially during that time, it was dark in the evening because it wasn't summer hours. And so I was limited to this like two-day window to clean up this yard that was just out of control. I mean, I don't know what was possibly living in there, but thankfully nothing came out as a result. And, and uh, my sister had to come and just like, like carve her way through these bushes and trees and other things. I mean, it turned into a wilderness and I'd been taking care of it. I've been weed whacking it and, and um, watering it as needed. But so the rains just dumped, I mean, dumped a whole bunch of water on, on my property. And then it caused everything to grow up. And then I had to beat it back down and get it into, you know, something that I could actually walk in and not like fall into. And then nobody ever sees me again because the grass is so high. And then I've got to mow it. But then, as it happens in Northern California, late spring, early summer, it gets hot. It gets really hot, and it tends not to rain. I mean, we might have a freak rain or thunderstorm here, but it tends not to get, we tend not to get any water. So then you've got to water this grass. Now, I, last summer, because I was in the process of moving in, I was doing my best to take care of it and to not let the, the grass on the front yard die, but it just died and it turned to, it just turned to dirt. Like it was just a giant, giant dirt mound. Well, not quite a mound, but just a giant, a giant area of dirt. And so, I mean, it didn't matter how much I watered that, that thing would not come back. I wasn't watering it enough. I figured out, but I mean, I put sod on it. I put fertilizer and it, and because it's so hot and because the ground is so dry, uh, it just take, took 
you know, takes a lot. So I thought, no, this time around, I'm going to get ahead of it. I am going to water. I'm going to, you know, weed whack. I'm going to pull those weeds. I've gotten into pulling weeds and I've done a very good job, I need to say. And it's actually very satisfying. There's something about getting in there and just pulling up those little weeds that out of it shoots this little yellow uh, flower. I don't know what it's called. It's not a sunflower. Uh, it might be a daisy, but that would mean daisies are weeds. And I don't know that much about flowers, so I don't know if that's true. But it, you know, it's got like these five leaves, green leaves, and and then out of it comes this little little stalk and this yellow. Um, might be white. No, it's yellow. Little flower, and I and but I, it's easy to pull up. You just kind of get to the root, and then you pull or get to the base, and you pull, and you get this long root that comes up. So I just kind of in the evenings when it's not like 108 degrees as it is right now outside, I'll go out there and, and I'll just pull. And, and it's a nice time for me um, to practice what's known as the prayer of examine, which is a great spiritual discipline um, that in, engages in reflection and meditation in prayer with God. And so I'll go out there and I'll just kind of pull weeds and just allow the Lord to speak to me. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot more weeds than I would like. And so right now they seem like they're getting on top of me. But uh, once once it cools down back into the normal livable range, I can be out there pulling weeds again. But, you know, it's taken a lot of time. So in the backyard right now, I've got patches of grass. It, it, looks, it looks like it, you know, they're like parts of it have been, scalped not quite but or as if it's got like you know bald spots and and parts are green and and so but i'm just i just keep watering it and i keep watering the front i keep watering those rose bushes and the rose bushes have started to bloom and now they're dead because it's really hot but i mean i i'm just i'm working at it like every day and people have said to me you know, why not just turn your grass, turn your lawn into one of those desert things where you just got a lot of like, like rocks and pebbles, and then you just put like some cacti in there and some other, you know, desert plants, and it's just going to save you a whole lot of work. And I, I keep saying, no, I want lawn. I know it, it, it may not be completely normal. I know it may take a lot of work. But I need the green. I need to see. I've got a beautiful tree in my backyard. Huge, beautiful tree that has these really great leaves. And in the winter and fall, they turn all these different colors. And then they're a pain to, to rake and all of that. But they're so beautiful. The tree is a pain. The lawn is a pain. Roses are a pain. The front lawn is taking forever and it's got way too many weeds and it needs so much sod because so much of the topsoil has been washed away by just over time and rain and it's so much work. And then I've got a pine tree in the front yard, huge. I mean, if that thing ever falls, it's not going to be good. A uh, huge pine tree in the front yard and its needles go everywhere and its pine cones go everywhere and I've got to rake up the needles and rake up the pine cones. It's a lot of work. But to me, it's worth it. 
Sometimes. Most of the time. Kind of. I'm hoping it'll be worth it at some point. But the engagement with it and watching this, these things grow, watching the roses grow, watching the grass grow, watching these trees grow, watching them turn green, bringing, bringing life into this dark soil. It's beautiful to me. And especially recently as I've, as I've had more time and I've been, been just spending a lot more time pulling weeds and raking and taking care of this, this lawn and this yard, it's just reminded me a lot of our souls. Our souls need a lot of work. They need a lot of tending. Our souls are high maintenance. You may think you're low maintenance, but your soul is not. It needs a lot of nurture. It needs a lot of care. It needs a lot of external and internal love. External meaning support from relationships and others and internal love and care from, from yourself. Our souls need a lot of care. And it really has begun to hit me, especially lately in my life and at this stage of my life. And as I focus, as I've shared in recent podcasts, as, I've, as I focus more on my own spiritual formation that I have neglected through caring for others or caring for other things, and the spiritual formation of others as I focus my life at this point on spiritual formation and spiritual growth. I look at the size of the responsibility and it is pretty enormous. I look at this lawn and every day it needs something. It needs either to be raked the leaves need to be picked up. The, the nettles or needles from the, the pine tree need to be picked up. Some random dogs that wander onto my lawn and try to leave something for me that is not very pleasant. Uh, that has to be picked up. So many weeds. It, it, weeds grow faster. When they say you grow like a weed, that means you grow fast. Because apparently weeds grow a lot faster than regular grass. They need a lot of water and they need pruning, which is a lot of work, whether it's, you know, weeding, weed whacking, mowing, cutting. Every day, every day it needs work. And I think we understand that about our bodies. Every day I need food. Every day I need sleep. I think every day I need coffee, but that's probably would other people might disagree with that. Maybe even some doctors say that maybe you don't need coffee every day. But I think we understand that about our bodies, that our bodies, our bodies need a lot of care. We might understand that about our emotions, although that's still new for us. We still, because it's something that we can't see unless it comes out in rage or sadness and tears or laughter, 
we don't we don't fully understand or, or I think really take care of our emotions. I don't know that we understand that about our thoughts either. Years ago, John Maxwell wrote a couple of books on on thoughts. One of his books was on thinking for a change. And um, I can't remember the name of his other book, but he mentioned how he had learned from his dad how just tending to his thoughts was very important, that to be purposeful uh, about, you know, think about what you're thinking about, so to speak, was important. And it is absolutely important that our thoughts need tending and care and that if we're not careful, our thoughts can lead us down some really, really, really dangerous, dark, sad places that pull us away from Christ and not towards him. I think we understand this about our spirits, but even then, we don't fully grasp it. I think we, we all struggle, every single one of us struggle to engage in practices, spiritual practices that help us to feed our spirit. And I'm going to guess that most of us struggle to understand the nurturing care that we need to give our souls. Because even the care that we know that we're supposed to give our bodies, we struggle to do. The care that we may think we need for our spirits or even our emotions, we struggle to do. Those things that are invisible, those things that we can't see, that we just experience. And, and some people, you know, we just kind of go through life without even thinking about what we are thinking about or what we are feeling or what we are experiencing. We just kind of move from life to life or not life to life. We, as Christians, we don't believe in reincarnation, um, but we move from moment to moment in our lives and we don't really think about it. And I, I would suggest something like the prayer of examine would be a really great discipline for you to engage in if that's true for you. But the invisible parts of us, the things that we can't see, I can see my hand, but I can't see my soul. I can see the outbursts of my emotions, but I can't see my emotions as they're, and I'm not always aware of them because I'm thinking about other things. How much more if we were to take layer upon layer, going from our, our physical body into our thoughts or emotions, um, down into our spirit. Our soul is something that is not only so deep within us, it is so permeating, integrated into all parts of us. How much more do we neglect our souls? And what does it mean to care for my soul? If my soul is that important, that thing that lives beyond me in eternity that thing that really describes who I am and is the essence of me and is, and is all parts of me and is connected in all parts of me, how do I care for it? Well, in the famous passage that some might be, many might be familiar with in Matthew 11, the very end of the chapter, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, 
And here's that key phrase, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if you grew up hearing that, that passage or memorizing that passage, you grew up in Sunday school, you may not, you may not be aware that that word yoke, what scholars believe that Jesus is talking about there is not actually the yoke that you put on oxen. You may have heard that before. I knew, I know I grew up hearing that. And it's something that, you know, goes around two oxen, whatever they are, two to cows, to donkeys, but it's, it's almost like a noose, not a noose. It's a, um, like a guillotine almost. It feels like a guillotine where you got your hands in there. No, that's a real person guillotine. What am I thinking about? The animal guillotine, it seems like you've got this thing that goes around the animal's neck and you put, you put two, two animals heads next in these two spaces i know it's really hard to describe i'm doing a poor job of it but if you look up oxen yoke you'll it'll show you so it's like these holes that the head goes in and you've got two that are connected by this yoke that connects them and then they go out um, and you use them to kind to um, you've got like a plow behind them and you go and you plow the field because they're they're kept in this this yoke they can't get away from each other even if they don't like each other they can't swat at each other um, and the reason why I think it's a guillotine is because I just it just looks like a guillotine except they can't put their hands in that's only what humans can do I'm getting off track I digress but we used to think that's what it was but scholars today they believe that what Jesus is talking about is his teaching because the word yoke also references the Mosaic law. And at that time in the first century, in Jesus's day, by this time there had been what is known as rabbinic Judaism. Rabbinic Judaism comes out of the exile period after uh, the Israelites have gone into captivity, first the north into uh, to Assyria, and then the south into Babylon, and they've come back their temple had been destroyed when they were first in Babylon and then when they first came back to Jerusalem. And so they weren't able to offer the sacrifices. That was the major part of their, their religion were the sacrifices and the feasts, but the, the, the sacrifices. And when they were both in Babylon and then they came back in that period, it became so important for them to know the law because in their hearts and even corporately, they said, never again will we be kicked out of this land for disobeying God. We will, we will learn every part of the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. We will learn every bit of it. And so what comes out of that is a whole school or schools of scholars, rabbis, and they develop, it's like they develop their own school. They develop their own interpretation. They developed their own commentaries and interpretation of the Old Testament, especially of the Torah. And so you have schools like the school of Hillel, the school of Gamaliel, and you would have had, it's kind of a, an ad hoc, uh, I don't know that they would have considered it a, um, Oh, what's the word? A, a legitimate school. But you really had a school of Jesus. He was a rabbi and people had followed him. And so he was discipling them. 
But in all these schools, what would happen is when a rabbi called you to be his disciple, you would take the rabbi's yoke or their teaching and you would learn everything you could. You would figuratively take it upon yourself and it became everything that you studied and learned. You didn't study other schools. And if you did, it may have been just part of the time for a comparison, but you studied the rabbi that you were following. You studied their interpretation of the Torah, which became their yoke. So when Jesus says to the people, come to me and learn from me and take my yoke, He's saying, take my teaching, take my teaching upon you and learn from me. And you will find rest for your souls. The people who heard that in that day would have understood what exactly what Jesus meant. Come and take my teaching my way, the way of Jesus, follow me and you will find rest for your souls. The school of Gamaliel, the school of Hillel, the school of these other uh, uh, Pharisees and other rabbis at that time, it wasn't giving rest to the people. The Pharisees at that time were notoriously adding laws upon laws upon the people to follow, burdening the people with offerings and tithes and actions that were not drawing them closer to God, but were actually keeping them from God. That the layer upon layer of laws that these Pharisees were adding, the do's, the don'ts, were not allowing them to experience God, but were actually driving them away. And the people just wanted rest. They wanted to know God and they wanted rest. And Jesus began to show them who God was. He healed their children. He cared for their children. He fed them. He healed their bodies. He met their financial needs. He brought family members back to life, not just randomly. There was always a reason and a purpose for it. He cared for them in real and tangible ways. His yoke, his teaching was light, was easy. My yoke is easy my burden is light. I understand there was still a yoke. There was something that Jesus still calls us to take upon ourselves both then and now. And that is his teaching. That we were meant to follow him and learn his teaching and learn his ways and become like him. How do we care for our souls? We learn the way of Jesus. 
And in so many ways is learning the way of Jesus simple. And yet in the complexity of who God is, in learning Jesus's ways, we see that the change and the transformation that takes place is so very deep and so very extensive and complicated beyond our understanding. But following Jesus is, it is simple. Learn from him, learn his teaching. That is how we care for our souls. It's amazing today, we are fitness nuts, uh, meaning we, we are, we are, some of us are so into fitness and we've got like gym memberships and we've got a workout schedule. Some of us are just health nuts, meaning we, we eat healthy and we've got a regimen and we do all these cleanses and, and, um, know way more about our bodies and probably, I don't know, I probably more than I cared to know about my body. I mean, I do want to take care of it, but some of you, I won't, I, I better stop. I'm about to go into gross detail. I will not. Some of us are nature nuts. I mean, we love to be in nature. And when I say I love, I like nature, like I like nature, but I'm not out there hiking every week or sleeping under the stars because there's a limit to what I like about nature. I do not like creatures of nature in general, but I like the green and the trees and, and all of that. And, and, uh, you know, being near a lake, I might go out and be near it. Some of us are gun enthusiasts. Um, I won't call you a gun nut cause I, I feel like that has a, a bad connotation, but a gun enthusiast, um, I've got a friend whom we've had on the podcast who is a fishing enthusiast. I got to go out fishing with him, uh, Mr. Don Spencer. That was that was a lot of fun. I I enjoyed the the silence and the the solitude of it, um, and of course the you know the competition of trying to catch the fish. But please know that all the fish we caught, we put back, and I could not I don't think I touched any of them I made I made Don once I caught him I was like just take it just take it and put it back just take it really quickly like I didn't you know I didn't just just put it right back um some of us are car nuts car enthusiasts or we're workaholics or we're movie enthusiasts or we've got you know we've got all of these things and some some are are better for us than others Working out and taking care of our body is very important. Some of us are intellectual nuts. Uh, we like to collect degrees or read books and, and stimulate our mind, which is great. We spend a lot of things, uh, rather a lot of time, focusing on some good parts of our lives. It is important to be healthy and exercise and stimulate our, stimulate our brain. But there's a part of us, I believe, that is, that is still being neglected and is that, that is our soul. We care for our souls by learning the teaching in the way of Jesus. And learning the teaching in the way of Jesus really is holistic spiritual formation. It's the surrender of our process and of our lives to the formation 
into Christ's image and that covers every part of us. That covers, as Dallas Willard talks about, the six dimensions of ourself. Our body, our mind, our spirit, our relationships, our emotions, our soul. Following Jesus and learning from him, becoming like him, where we can eventually exhibit the fruits of the spirit. It comes through learning the way of Jesus. Just like cultivating land, just like exercise, just like eating healthy, just like learning a new task or habit or going to school, it requires time and effort. And it requires daily time and effort. Can I encourage you to put a little more time and effort into the care for your soul? Can I encourage myself to do the same? That if I can exercise for 30 minutes a day, or for some of you, you're really extreme, two hours a day, how much time can I devote to the care for my soul? And to invite you to explore what that looks like. There are so many books that talk about it. So many resources that talk about this. And I want to direct you to one in particular, which is my own. The website is The Spiritual Reformation or Reformation. I meant it to be a play on words. TheSpiritualReformation.com. And it has resources there as well as um, you can see hopefully the heart behind what I am doing. That, that in the same way, in the same intensity and manner that I would care for something or a lawn or even my own self, that I would encourage the care for you and you for yourself and you for others. That in order to truly understand and find rest for our souls, we have to actually take Jesus' yoke. He says, come to me, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. Let us come to him. Let us take his teaching upon us, and let us actually learn learn from him what it means not only to become like him but to truly find that rest and that care for our souls that we are craving well thanks for listening to this episode of the nefesh podcast episode 49 and we'll see you next time